Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we've got a great story of revenge against somebody who was growing a certain kind of plant. A certain plant meant to give you some fun times. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, I hit all the power cords and HDMI cables. My boyfriend wanted to game with me last night, so naturally I'm pumped cause dude doesn't play with me often anymore. So he goes downstairs to set stuff up and I shower quick and I go downstairs and he's passed out. Like full on snoring loudly passed out. I try to wake him up and he says he just wants to nap quick and he'll play. Okay, that's fine. An hour goes by and I try to wake him up again. Just a little bit longer he says. I give him another hour. He's lucky I'm having fun getting soft lobbies so I can practice with the marksman rifles. Well, I try to wake him up one more time, and now he's cranky with me for waking him up. So what started as a nap at 7.30pm ended up with him just sleeping for the rest of the night, and my butt hurt self playing Modern Warfare 2 by myself. Honestly played better anyways, probably because I was mad. Well, fast forward to today, he's at work right now for another hour, and I work in 20 minutes for the next 8 hours. And I just hid all the power cords and HDMI cables in the house. You won't game with me? You're not gaming with your buddies either. Update on my break, so my boss is in on it now too. He texted me two hours ago asking where it was, and I didn't answer, so he came by my work with our dog, and to the Redditor who said, tell them they're napping. Thank you, because that's exactly what I said. Through girded teeth, he says, I checked everywhere, where are they? And I just chuckled. Needless to say, he left with no information as to where they're located, and about an hour later, texted my boss, please tell me where she put them. And to the people who are triggered, I did explain to him why I was upset, twice. Once last night after the third attempt to wake him up when he was basically half asleep, and then again today, civilly on his lunch break, we still said our I love yous to each other, and it's definitely not as deep as some of you make it out to be. We've been together four years. I just woke up today and felt petty. Update 2, just got home. I'm sorry guys, very anticlimactic ending to a great start. The jerk found the cords about two hours ago, but I could imagine the look on his face when he found out that I put the cords in a closet we don't use five feet away from his Xbox. Six hours of looking or not gaming, only to find it right beside his setup. Sometimes the most obvious places are the hardest to see. Petty revenge accomplished, I'd say. Thank you to all who took it the harmless way I'd meant it. You all know how to have fun. Honestly, I'm just impressed if they're willing to go all the way to OP's work to ask for the cables back, why not just stop at a store and pick up an HDMI cable on the way home? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, hid my short ex's vape and coffee on top of the fridge. My 38-year-old female, ex, 40-year-old male, was a high-functioning alcoholic and couldn't get out of bed without a lot of coffee and nicotine. After months of suspicion, I finally used his thumb to open his phone while he was passed out. I discovered that he was still very involved with his ex-girlfriend, who broke into his house and tried to assault me early in our relationship. 
I was pretty scrappy in my younger years, so she messed around and found out. That was also a glorious moment, but I digress. I hid his coffee, vapes, and cigarettes on top of his fridge, which was actually in plain sight for someone who isn't the size of a garden gnome. That little man ran around his house like an angry elf for 30 minutes until he had the wherewithal to just take his butt a couple blocks away to buy more. Each second of his panic was so satisfying to watch. When he finally left for the store, I packed my things and bounced for good. As far as what a lot of people would do when they find out their partner's been cheating on them like that, I'd say this guy got off lightly. Our next story is Walk By Farting. I, female, 49, am not a confrontational person and tend to get along with most people. But there's always that one person you just can't get along with. Her name was Jasmine and she liked to remind that she just didn't like me. I was too quiet, I was chubby and should eat better and more demoralizing comments. I tried. I once found a four-leaf clover and offered it to her. She freaked out in the middle of our office area and said she was afraid of plants. I'm not kidding. That was it for me. I have a very sensitive stomach and certain foods will cause me to have the most vile, noxious, soul-destroying gas. I sat two desks behind Jasmine and would have to walk past her constantly. For a full week, I ate those foods. For a full week, I would crop dust that smug jerk. There were some innocent casualties, but I didn't let that deter me. I continued the bombing. The pain and insufferable smell was worth it. I swear, a green mist surrounded us. She never said anything to me, which was really surprising. We never became friends, and she would still make snide comments, but I was happy when she smelled my farts. Afraid of plants. What, does she not go outside? Does she blindfold herself and let somebody else transport her when they have to walk outside the office? This next story is, don't want to spend time with the kids? I'll leave you no choice. Just read one about a girl hiding her boyfriend's power cords and HDMI cables. So, nice to see I'm not the only one. This happened about 19 years ago, but above is the reason for this post. So, I wanted my hubby to spend more time with the kids, at the time ages 5 and one and a half years old. Granted, he was working non-stop open to close, so I didn't mind, as I did everything in the house. Dealt with the kids, you know, the wifey stuff. Well, work starts to slow down, so he's home a little more. Find out he has a week off. The kids want their daddy. Can't complain, they're always with me. I tell him, the kids need more time with you. I'm always with them. I know you're the only one working right now, but dude, they are your kids too. Well, it starts a little spat. Said spat turns into a bit of an argument. I figured, okay, fine. You don't want to spend time with your kids. I'll leave you with no choice. I knew he was coming home in about an hour. I called a friend and asked if I could stay for a bit. Just me, alone. The friend said, okay, what about the kids? I reply with, they'll be staying with hubby. Duh. I pack up a small backpack of clothing and all the power cords and cables in the entire apartment. No TV, radio, gaming stations, computer, nothing. He got home and a few minutes later, I was headed out. He asked where I was going. I told him, I'm taking a little vacation to enjoy some much needed mommy time, away from the kids. Enjoy having the kids for a week and off I went. He tried calling. I didn't answer unless it was an emergency, which would include a 911 and text. Since nothing came through, I didn't pick up. I would send a good morning and night text to the kids. Fast forward to the end of the week, I get home around the evening. I walk in, house is clean, the kids are reading a book with their daddy, everything is good. Oops, he was not good. 
I made dinner and got the kids in the bed. Once they were settled, he looked at me and asked, where are my cords? I said, oh, I took them with me. He apparently thought I left them with one of our friends at the time. He then proceeded to tell me he went to every friend's house to look for them and tore our apartment apart looking. Gotcha, witch. I had them the whole time. Well, needless to say, he definitely spent time with his kids and ended up having a lot of fun. But I was asked, more like beggingly told, please never do that again. And from that day on, when the kids wanted daddy, he was right there. Drastic times calls for drastic measures, but it worked. Isn't it kind of sad though that you had to go to this point pulling the electronics basically away from them for them to give time to their kids? Our next story is, made a huge takeout order at a restaurant I used to work at, obviously never picked up. I used to work at a restaurant when I was 18. Owner there was the biggest jerk ever. He said some things that really scarred me. Emotionally abusive, passive aggressive, personal attacks and insults. He's just someone I would call a freaking jerk. Screw him. I told my friends some of the things he said and they flipped. Even looking back as a woman in her mid-twenties, I can definitely say that he's a bunghole. My petty revenge, using a fake number, a fake voice with an accent, and made a huge order worth a hundred plus dollars, then never picked up. And I did it more than once. Honestly, this is kind of awesome because I assume that the owner didn't turn around and just throw the food away. I'm willing to bet every time OP did this, the staff got a nice treat. This next story is, we figured out Blue's Clues on my sweet 16. Picture it, the year 2000, United States. The best way to describe my mother is that she's a real life dementor. She specialized in public humiliation. If you ignored her, she went harder. Little relevant backstory, my youngest cousin was diagnosed with autism, and I was the only one who could calm him down. How, you ask? Blue's Clues, the Steve ones. Other relevant backstory, a friend of mine invited my boyfriend at the time, and myself to her sweet 16. It was a really nice party, and the Dementor picked us up. We were talking amongst ourselves about the good, and music, and the Dementor cuts in with, Yeah, well, you'll be lucky if you get a happy meal for your sweet 16th. Now, I wasn't worried about having one or not, and I wasn't going to engage her in front of company, so we went quiet. Apparently, my boyfriend at the time was more upset at the Dementor saying what she did than I realized and told his mom. Two things about his family, they were rich and conservative Catholics. While we were at school, his mom calls the house and my gran answers. Imagine a real-life umbrage, that was my gran. His mom doesn't get nasty, but she does get passive-aggressive by offering to throw me a sweet 16 party at the Lutheran church we attended. No price limit. After learning what the Dementor said, my gran was embarrassed and livid. She was prideful about money and not too fond of the Catholic church. Apparently, she ripped Dementor a few new behinds and declared that she was going to throw me a sweet 16 as penance. The guest list ended up with enough RSVPs to justify a Sam's Club full sheet cake. Off Dementor and I go to order it. A brilliant light bulb idea hits. I look through the book and thankfully there's a Blue's Clues flash print. That's what I want. You could see her dying inside as she verifies this is truly what I want. She tries to embarrass me by loudly saying, yes, my child would like a Blue's Clues cake for her sweet 16th birthday. I have a big smile on my face, and after the cake gets ordered, I gave her a big bear hug and matched her loudness with, 
Thank you, Mommy. I love you. Quietest ride home ever. The cake was a big hit, and has added icing on the cake, pun intended. The flash print kept my cousin from getting overstimmed. Ended up getting an extra present later from my grateful aunt and uncle. Dementor kept her head down most of the day, thankfully. Definitely a sweet 16, after all. This is a great story, and unironically, a Blue's Clues cake kinda slaps regardless. I don't care how old you are. Our next story is, this is for family, no dogs. This story started last year, and as we get close to the holidays, I thought about this. My wife has an aunt that we'll call Cindy, and she's a very unbearable person. She always makes things difficult, and her needs always come first. Her husband left her, and she thinks of her kids and grandchildren of being the holy gospel. My brother-in-law couldn't stand her, and neither my father-in-law. She used to be reasonably managed by my mother-in-law, however, she unfortunately passed away last year. And then we have my wife's grandmother, to where I personally think of her as one of my grandparents. She's the exact opposite and super nice. However, she's really bad at not wanting to address Cindy's behavior, as the grandma doesn't want conflict. So Cindy decided to get grandma one of those digital picture frames, to where you can send pictures from your phone or email, and the thought was grandma can look at those photos for the people who live out of town. We're local, but her kids and grandkids are in Texas. None of us thought it was a good idea, as we all thought it was dated and grandma goes on Facebook. However, Cindy got it. Grandma didn't seem too excited, but she went for it. Shortly after the photo frame was up and running, she was like, Upload your pictures, y'all. As soon as that was happening, Cindy was already trying to control the frame she got for Grandma. One of the other wife's aunts uploaded pictures of their family, and she uploaded one picture of their dog. Cindy flipped out and said, This is for family only. Mom doesn't need to see dogs here. Cindy went out of her way to delete the photo. The other aunt was like, what the freak? And then when we uploaded pictures, she gave us grief. This is in despite of my wife's mother's passing away back in March of last year. What helped my wife through it is that our twin newborns we adopted in August of this past year. So we uploaded three pictures of our girls. Well, Cindy has a problem with that. She was telling us they're all baby pictures. And I said, well, they're three months old. And a lot of the family busted out laughing. Cindy didn't appreciate it. Cindy had no problem with uploading tons of pictures of her children and grandchildren. I finally decided that I got sick of her controlling the photo album, and here is where it gets petty. So I had access to grandma's email and her photo account. Basically how it worked is you need to add people and then need to approve them. You can send them from the email that's approved. What I ended up doing was creating a disposable email and then approving it. I ended up taking pictures of people's dogs posted on Reddit and started filling up the photo frame. Cindy was like, whose dog is that? This is supposed to be family. And when he tapped on the picture, it had a fictitious name. So Cindy would go in and be like, how did this happen? She would delete the accounts. And I repeated this a couple of times over the months. And I would only do it when Cindy was there with the family. Finally, Cindy got really mad and got in touch with the tech support of the photo frame maker. She even got me involved to see if I could find out what's wrong. After playing dumb, she was like, oh, you really don't know anything. I'll call my son. Her son is as selfish as her, and she thinks he's the genius as he worked at Apple Store and on the phone for five years. He, of course, was clueless. Fast forward to May of this year, 
Cindy kept harping on her mother that she needs to stop accepting requests she doesn't know. Finally, Grandma had enough and unplugged the frame and threw it in a drawer. She said she doesn't need the aggravation anymore and said no more of this. I kind of feel bad that I was doing all of this and it made Grandma look like an elderly woman who doesn't know tech, but I feel it's worth it. Grandma never really liked the frame anyway. And thank God Cindy will be away with her kids in Texas for this year. I've always seen these kinds of frames and I thought they were kind of neat, but at the same time I feel like they're such a waste of electricity. I mean it's something you probably glance at in passing. Beyond that it's just another device that zaps electricity and is prone to failure. And god forbid I hope there isn't a subscription fee. Our next story is Unintentioned Babysitter. Not me, my buddy Eric's story. 20 years ago, Eric was working at a mini store. Three children were hanging out in front of the store's main doors. He walked. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Outside to ask children to not block the front doors. They moved upon being asked. However, one who rode a bike parked himself back in front of the doors. Once more, Eric asked him to move, and he did so. A few minutes later, the kid is back in front of the doors. Once more, Eric went to the kid and ordered, You. Home. Now. The kid asked, Why? Eric responded, This is the third time I've asked you not to block my door. He returned home, and shortly after, came back with his father. The father asked Eric, Why does my son always have problems at this store? Eric responded, I don't have time to babysit your son. I have a job to do. 
He kept parking his bike in front of my doors. He did it three times, and I told him the third time to leave. I cannot have him blocking my doors. The look the father gave his son, he told Eric. The son gave a completely different story. Eric knew he did not want to be that kid at home. Our next story is, you want us to make coffee? Okay. I saw a post here about a woman who had a boss that demanded she make him coffee, and it reminded me of this story from my teen years. When I was a teen, each congregation from our church was expected to do some fundraising activities to make money for our local church budget. Our local congregations ran a concession booth, where we primarily sold one food item at local events, like street fairs, an air show at our airport, and the biggest event of the year was our county fair. At the county fair, we always had two locations. One was our normal concession stand, the other was a cafe that could be found behind the stadium. Now, this next part will make it apparent that my church is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or Mormons. No hate on this please, it's important to the story. Our cafe behind the stadium was one of several. The patrons of these little restaurants included various performers, the cowboys from the rodeo, and many others who were at the fair multiple days in a row, including the fair organizers. We had some of the best food and at the best prices, but we did not make coffee. This had been our policy for many years. Then one year, our neighboring cafes complained that customers came to them for only coffee and would come to us to get their meal. So the fair organizers informed our leaders that the following year, all full-service cafes had to serve coffee. I was told our leaders had seriously considered just not running the cafe, but ultimately decided to acquiesce and figured we would only have to make coffee for one year. You see, most of our congregation had no clue how to make coffee. One of our primary cooks had been a cook in the military. He found a big, old-fashioned looking industrial coffee maker. He knew how to use it, but the counter staff didn't. We were also all volunteers and our ex-military cook wasn't there for the full week. This coffee maker didn't come with instructions. Now, we tried to make coffee. Even as non-coffee drinkers, we could see that it was coming out wrong. Sometimes it looked like dirty water. I remember one cup came out with coffee grounds in it. We very cheerfully refunded our customers for the bad coffee and poured out or threw out the returned coffee. By the end of the week, the fair organizers came back and told our leaders that we were no longer required to make coffee and our neighboring cafes were now okay with selling extra coffee to customers who preferred our meals and their coffee. I mean, all of these places that are selling only coffee could put a little bit of a capitalism spin and put a slight upcharge on only buying coffee or something, or they could just do their business as they run it. This next story is The House Accident. So I'm a 20 year old female and had moved out of my apartment into a house. I had a roommate at my new house named Walter, not real name, but he was a gamer. He played games 24 seven. This is where it starts as I was working and him sitting on his butt all day. He had gotten into my old Minecraft save file. I had been making that world for three years. It could actually take a day to actually tour the whole place but it was a village and a realistic castle, dragons in the sky, realistic bridges and pixel art. It took years to make this because I worked, but after he had gotten into that file, he had deleted the file. The world was gone. Not even I could access it. But when I got home, 
I had decided to work on the world and I come to find that it's gone. I was pissed. I had confronted him. He didn't care. He said, oops, and started playing games again. This is where my revenge starts. When he went to the store, I decided to wipe all his data from all of his games, factory reset his computer, and then put his coffee mug at the very edge so it breaks when the cabinet opens. I then decided to get creative and set tacks on the driveway for him to run over. It was perfect. When he got home, he complained how his tire was flat. I said, oh well, and went to lay down. When he got on his computer, I could hear him scream bloody murder. He ran to me saying, what did you do? And I said, oops, and rolled over. In the morning, I woke him up. I made coffee in a glass cup because he wouldn't suspect I did it and the mug would break if I did it. When I sat down, I heard it. The sweet sound of the mug breaking. He then screams at me more saying, that was my favorite mug and there were only a thousand of those mugs made. I was so happy I laughed in his face. I will never forget how he looked like anger from inside out. Maybe OP went a little in excess, but I don't really blame them too much. I'd be feeling the same way. Our next story is, Ball is in my court. About 15 years ago, I was working in what had once been an awesome job. Unfortunately, my boss's wife left him and he began to neglect the small, lucrative subcontracting company he had built in favor of drunken escapades and constant hangovers. He became increasingly more difficult to get on the phone, started forgetting to give us our job assignments, and then the biggest crime, not paying us on time. One Saturday morning, I made the 50-mile drive to one of his offices, only to find that the envelope with several weeks of back pay was not under his computer keyboard as promised, and he was not answering the phone. I did what any disgruntled 20-something would do. I took the ball out of his wired mouse and threw it into the woods as hard as I possibly could. And we all soon quit to work directly for one of the companies he'd been subcontracting us out to. OP clarified in the comments, thankfully they did get that pay without having to take legal action. This next story is Pot Plant Revenge. Many, many years ago, when I was just entering adulthood, I rented a room from a tenant who was subletting because the original tenant on the lease moved out. After I moved in, I quickly learned it was a toxic roommate situation but I was desperate for a place to live. All the roommates, including the one subletting to me, were growing and selling pot together, not legal back then, and everyone had pretty bad substance abuse issues. The tenant I was subletting from was a bartender with an alcohol and cocaine problem that triggered monstrous fights between him and his girlfriend. He would get home late and the fighting and screwing and more fighting would keep me up. I had to be at work at 6am, so it was a really hard situation for me. There were two other roommates that smoked a lot of pot, drank and slept mostly which was fine by me, but one of them had a young daughter who would stay with her part time and she wasn't being cared for properly. It was heartbreaking. A week after I moved in, there was a huge storm and a skylight over my bed cracked and leaked water everywhere. My bed was literally soaking wet and my floor had at least an inch of water on top of carpet, so it was pretty terrible and not livable at all. My belongings were soaked. I didn't have the landlord's information, so I went to the tenant I was renting from, the bartender. He had just gotten home from work and his girlfriend was with him. I showed him my room and he said he was sorry about that but couldn't give me the landlord's info because he wasn't allowed to sublet. 
I asked him if he could contact the landlord himself, and he said he would try, but his schedule wasn't great to get in contact with people during business hours. At this point, his girlfriend found him talking to me in my bedroom and flipped because she thought he was cheating with me or something. They got into an explosive fight and he had to push her out of my room because she was going to attack me. I locked the door and sat on my soaking wet bed while she screamed and banged on my door for about 30 minutes straight threatening to kick my butt. I ended up freezing my butt off in that room all night, too terrified to leave the room. In the morning, after not sleeping a wink, I grabbed my essentials that weren't too ruined from all the water. I was about to go out the door when I remembered the pot plants. I found scissors and cut them all up at their roots, making sure to leave the top of the plants intact so they wouldn't know for a little bit. I walked out the door and never went back. I spent years terrified they would find out and hunt me down. I'd probably be scared if I were an OP situation too, but considering the level they were in this game of selling illicit stuff, they were probably just a bunch of junkies that aren't going to go hunt down somebody. This next story is, give my position to someone else, I'll shut down the unit. So a little backstory here, I, 25 year old male, was in a National Guard artillery unit. My MOS job was a 13J. What that job entails is receiving a fire mission, target position, and using our own data, then making the calculations for cannon adjustments, then sending it down to the gun line for them to load the cannons, make the adjustments, and fire. You can't fire cannons without the fire mission being processed by the fire direction control section first, and that's on the battery, company, level. I was the headquarters fire direction control chief, meaning I delegated those fire missions to the battery fire direction control sections. Now, let's get on with the show. I was in HQ as a sergeant, E5, holding the position of chief and junior non-commissioned officer. The chief is supposed to be a staff sergeant, E6, but we didn't have one. The slot was open. The idea was that I would step into that role now, and the promotion would come later. No problem, mission first. It was a difficult task because, as a chief, you oversee the section as a whole, go to meeting, attend briefings, and pass information up and down the chain. As a junior NCO, your job is much more hands-on. You're supposed to work directly with your soldiers, train and teach as you work, handle individual soldier training, counseling, performance reviews, etc. Well, I had to do both. I was sitting in the only E5 slot for my section, so they couldn't promote anyone else. I had to be in the weeds and out of the weeds at the same time. Meanwhile, I get yelled at for petty mistakes I make by my first sergeant because I'm spread so thin. That being said, every drill I was literally running ragged, constantly moving from place to place. Fire mission came down, processed and delegated, got a run to the battalion briefing and gave a report to the lieutenant colonel for our 24, next 24, and 48, and then get back ASAP. The only relief I had was the E7. His responsibility was all fire direction controls and coordinated between all the sections. But he was on a state active mission and often was needed there and didn't attend unit missions unless absolutely necessary. I get a call from my admin telling me that if I completely DLC2, a mandatory online course, I can be put in for promotion the next day. Finally, now I can finally have the rank I work for, and that will free up the E5 slot. 
we can promote one of my soldiers and finally have two NCOs for the section. This is great! My work would be divided in half, and the soldiers would finally have someone who had the time to train them to standard. Win-win. I completed the course, turned in the certificate, and do my packet for leadership school. This should be great, right? Nope. I get a call from a battery FDC chief. I say, hey chief, what's going on? They say, is it true they're transferring me to headquarters? I say, probably not. I was just selected for school, and I'll be getting promoted to E6 soon. There won't be a slot for another E6. They say, maybe talk to the E7 and get back to me. That was strange, so I met up with the E7 and asked him. Turns out that he and the first sergeant intend to promote me, then swap me out with the battery FDC chief. Finally, I'm getting the squad back to a place where it should be and transferring me out as soon as it's finally easy. Well, screw your plan. I head down to the admin office and demand reclass. They ask about my promotion and I tell them to cancel. I get the number to the battalion career counselor. I tell them I want to go to 91E, welder and machinist. After a month of back and forth, they find an E5 slot at a unit 10 minutes from my house. Cool, I'll take it. But what happens to the unit if I leave? Well, headquarters no longer has a chief or junior NCO, non-commissioned officer. No fire missions can be processed unit-wide, which means the entire artillery unit can't shoot cannons. The E7 has to come off orders every time the unit drills and loses money. He now has to act as the fire direction control non-commissioned officer in command, as well as the chief and the junior NCO. Given this, the soldiers fell to the wayside and out of a squad of 10, 4 don't re-enlist and 2 transfer away to other units. The unit scrambles to grab soldiers from the battery level fire direction control sections to replace the missing headquarters staff. The battery FDC chief is transferred within a couple of months to help mitigate the short staff. The unit misses a BCT fire mission in the field because they're too slow due to being short staffed. And the lieutenant colonel is not happy. The unit calls me back to see if I won't consider transferring back. It's not happening. Talks of dissolving the unit entirely due to a long history of stuff like this happening. The unit has to spring their budget for Australia rotation for the next AT to secure the budget for another year. I'm now a welder in a comfy unit. I don't sleep outside. I don't get yelled at. I'm unofficially the weapons training NCO for the unit due to my previous combat unit experience. And I learned skills I can use in the civilian world should I ever need a trade job. Life is good. Still an E5, but at least my workload matches my rank. So basically, OP worked their butt off trying to cover for multiple positions, and then OP was getting hosed by some serious favoritism, and everything was going to be a cakewalk after OP got chewed up and spat out, so they said screw it. They left before they could get the chance. It was great. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome story of revenge, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.